Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good evening there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this kind of frigid Friday night in January, early January. So I guess it's kind of fitting that it's frigid because it's Pittsburgh and it's January. But I thank you for joining me. And uh, before I continue, I want to ask you, as I always do, to please like and subscribe to our Behind Still Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows every day and night. Earlier on Friday, you saw the Touchdown Under show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison. We'll have post-game coverage for you uh, Sunday after Pittsburgh plays the Browns in their regular season finale. Uh, that's hosted by Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis. Monday, we'll have The Hangover with Brian, Shannon White, and yours truly. Tuesday, we'll have The Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we'll have Know Your Enemy with Shannon White and Jeffrey Benedict. Thursday, we'll have the preview with with, uh, Jeff, Dave, and Brian. Uh, We also have uh, live shows on Facebook. You can catch all those shows live on Facebook as well. Uh, And as I always say, be nice on Facebook. If you're watching me on Facebook, be nice, be kind. It's hard if you're on Facebook. I realize you're filled with angst, but just try. For me. And of course, you can catch all those shows after the fact and on any audio platform of your choosing. If you if you'd just rather listen to me talk than watch me talk, well, I don't blame you for that. 
So you can go on any audio platform of your choosing, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can you can find this show and every other show on Behind the Store Curtain, Curtain's uh, podcasting family. And we also have audio-only shows that you can catch, uh, including Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, Bad Language with uh, Brian Anthony Davis, uh, The War Room with Matty Peverall, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, um, What You're Talking About with Kyle Kreiss, Steelers Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts, uh, State of the Steelers with... Uh, Daniel J. And I forgot about one from the, the uh, live side, and that's uh, no. Uh, we run the north with uh, uh, Kevin Tate and his his friends. So catch all those shows live and in audio only uh, form, and you can catch them anywhere. And also, uh, please uh, check out behind the website. We bring you news, commentary, and film breakdown. It's your one stop shop for all your Steelers needs. Let's check out the live chat tonight. Who do we have? First, who first one in? Jared Devil, of course. The man is—he's always—he's uh, always up there. He's always a contender. Kathy Ford, uh, George Teston is with us. Ruin it, Ray Brown, Rock Senior says, "What's up, Tony? Everything's good in in, in on this uh, side of the world." Steel Nation uh, Australia, Valerie Dottery, Just Me is with us. All right. Let's see who else we have. Now, tonight's crowd, DJ2. Tonight's crowd we have uh, with us. All right. So let's talk about well, everything that happened last week, starting with uh, Sunday night's game in Baltimore against the Ravens at MT Bag Stadium. Wow, what another barn burner with those two teams, right? I mean, people talk about this rivalry not being what it once was, and that's true because of the stakes. They're not as high as they once were. 08, 09, 2011. These two teams were legitimately going after the Super Bowl each and every year. Um, but still pretty good when these two teams get together. We saw that earlier in, in the uh, – in December, when when they when they uh, faced off at Acrisure Stadium, that sixteen to fourteen win by Baltimore, a very frustrating loss by the Steelers. The uh, what could have been game, Mitch Trubisky with the three picks, uh, the defense couldn't stop <laughs> the Ravens' running game at all. Two hundred fifteen rushing yards by Baltimore that day. So, uh, would Pittsburgh be able to return the favor in round two? And of course they did. I mean, it, it was almost the exact same kind of game. Low scoring, hard hitting. Um, uh, Baltimore led most of the way, but they could not pull away. They couldn't. They couldn't put Pittsburgh away, even though the offense did very little as far as scoring. Anyway, over the first uh, what fifty six minutes, uh, nine uh, nine points, three field goals by Boswell, who, who also missed one. <laughs> and also, there was that first and goal situation in the first half where they couldn't capitalize. So the offense did very little, kind of like the Raiders game. Um, but when when everything was on the line, much like the Raiders game a week earlier, Kenny Pickett, he played his best football. Uh, so many remarkable throws in that one drive alone. Now, I mean, I thought he did a good job 
in that final drive against the Raiders, uh, uh, six days earlier, or was it eight days earlier? But the throws he made on this drive were amazing. Um, he, the one rolling to his left when he hit Fryermuth was, was was great. Uh, the very next play, <laughs> that laser to to Stephen Sims. A lot of people say it's the best throw of his uh, young career so far. It's hard to disagree with that. And of course, the game winner, Najee Harris, rolling to his left again. Uh, and 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 he, he basically anticipated Harris would would would, would be open. Um, some people were, were speculating that he was trying to throw to Stephen Sims, who was coming across uh, the end zone. But it was pretty clear if you if you if you. Uh, if you watch a few times, he was going for, for Harris. And, you know, that's really, you know, Kenny Pickett rolling uh, out of the pocket and throwing to his left or to, to, to his right. That's, that's really an elite skill that he has. It really is. Now, Brian Baldinger talked about that in the summer. He's the first one that kind of alerted me to the comparison to Patrick Mahomes when he said in a radio appearance with whoever, I forget who it was, uh, he said he looks like Patrick Mahomes when he rolls to his left or to his right and, and, and throws and he, he cautioned himself. He said, look, I'm not comparing him. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying he looks kind of like Patrick Mahomes when he, when he does it. And then of course you heard it again in the summertime, Jerry Dulac, people like that who were watching him uh, during the early portions of training camp about how uh, that was his best trait up to that point. Throwing on the run, how how accurate he was, how 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 comfortable he looked doing that. So we saw that on that drive, you know, and, and we, we've seen it time and time again this season. But we saw it especially on that drive. The guy just looks really good when he's when he's uh, throwing on the run. So uh, uh, he put him ahead thirteen to nine or no sixteen to thirteen with fifty six seconds left, and then make it Fitzpatrick, uh, your team MVP for twenty twenty. To uh, according to his teammates, it was announced on Friday. Mika Fitzpatrick finished things off with a interception of Trent Huntley, and that was all she wrote. And Pittsburgh is now eight and eight. Uh, they're still alive for the playoffs. Um, if they win this week against Cleveland at Aquashore Stadium, they'll at the very least improve the nine and eight and keep Mike Tomlin's streak of non-losing seasons alive. And some of you love that, some of you hate it. But it is what it is. But more importantly, if the Dolphins lose to the Jets and the Patriots lose to the Bills, the Steelers will be in the playoffs as the seventh seed in the AFC for the second year in a row. They got the help last year when the uh, Jaguars beat up the Colts, uh, who had uh, who faced a win in your in scenario down in Jacksonville, and they lost a pretty lousy uh, uh, Jags team on the road. They got in last year. <laughs> I mean, they almost didn't get in. We all thought they were in after the slate of uh, afternoon games when they beat Baltimore in overtime. Uh, but then the, the Raiders and Chargers almost finished in a tie, which would have knocked them out. But they made it last year as the seventh seed. Can they repeat that again this year? I sure hope so. And I'll be rooting hard for that to happen Sunday. Uh, it was a, it was a, uh, it's been a great turnaround for them after starting out two and six. And then five and eight, you know, after they lost to the Ravens a few weeks ago, uh, to be on the doorstep of the playoffs, uh, I think it's pretty pretty remarkable. And I, I realize that people continue to 
can do talk about how much their schedule has gotten in the second half. And while that might be true, again, this team looked like it was going to be a four or five win team going into the last nine games, going into the bye. Uh, to be two and six at one point, then five and eight after that loss to the uh, Ravens on December 11th, to come back and be eight and eight and and uh, on the doorstep of the playoffs with some help, it's pretty remarkable. And it speaks to Mike Tomlin's ability to keep his team together, keep them fighting, keep them believing. You know, they say, well, after a while, a player's a coach's message gets stale with the players. Well, fortunately for Mike Tomlin, he has a really young team, especially on offense. So his message message has not gotten stale quite yet. And somebody asked Kathy Ford, do we root for Flacco? Yes, we do. It's a good, it's a good point there, Kathy, because uh, he's going to be the Jets quarterback this Sunday. Uh, Mike White is out. Uh, and so Joe Flacco is going to, going to play veteran Joe Flacco against Skylar Thompson for the Dolphins. So you have two third string quarterbacks going at it in this game. The Dolphins are still alive for the playoffs. They're playing in Miami. The Jets are eliminated. Uh, but when you're when you're down to your third string quarterback on on either end, it's it's a toss up. You just don't know what's going to happen. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets won that game. Obviously, I want them to. We all want them to. And then the Bills and the Patriots. Uh, the Bills are uh, obviously still reeling after the the the, uh, the tra- near tragedy with with uh, Demar Hamlin. Uh, but they're still going to have. I'll get into the, the, the stuff later. Still going to have something to play for because they're going to want to, even though they might not be able to get the number one seed now, they're going to still want to uh, tie down that number two seed because that's more uh, valuable than people uh, say it is. Because, um, you know, if you, if you win a number two seed or if you earn a number two seed going into the playoffs, uh, if you win your first game, then you're guaranteed a second game at home. Whereas if you're the number three seed, there, you're, you don't get a, a uh, divisional round game at home. You might get an AFC championship game at home, but you can't get a, a divisional round game at home if you're number three or four seed uh, going into the playoffs. Number two seed, uh, you do, as long as you win your first game, of course. And that's a, to me, that's a big advantage. And it's something that people were, were, um, were kind of downplaying uh, after everything that happened on Monday with, 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 with the, the NFL canceling the, the game. Uh, between the, the Bengals and, and, and the Bills when uh, defensive back uh, Damar Hamlin uh, went into cardiac arrest on the field. It, it was really scary, and, and, and you know, he, they, almost, they almost lost him. He almost lost his life. So they, they decided to, put, to cancel the game. And uh, this, this, a lot of people were saying, well, the, the Bills won't have anything to play for now because um, – you know, they might not get a chance at the number one seed, but again, the number two seed is tr- uh, pretty valuable. So more on that in a bit, but uh, uh, Steelers are, 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 uh, I think trending in the right direction as an organization. Uh, the defense looks a lot better now than it did. Um, first half of the year, obviously TJ Watt makes a big, a big difference. Alex Highsmith, who I think could have could have uh, uh, been a, 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 a equally legit team MVP to uh, to uh, make Fitzpatrick. He's having a great year. Cam Hayward still playing at a high level. So the defense is, is coming back 
I think uh, obviously as long as Watson there, the defense is going to, it's going to function uh, much better than without him in there. So the defense is playing a lot better. Uh, they still have some things to, to, to fix for next year to shore up for next year on that side of the ball. As far as the offense is concerned, it's an incredible, incredibly young offense. Uh, I think the line's improving um, each and every week. Uh, you, you can still debate um, whether or not they need to, to draft a, a an offensive lineman in the first round, and they very well might, you know. But I think those guys are coming along. You know, Dan Moore is getting better. Kevin Dawson's getting better. Mason Cole's been an anchor all year. Uh, Jack uh, Jeff Daniels, not no James Daniels. I always get that wrong. Anyway, the Daniels fella, he's their best lineman by far. Shooks a core four. Uh, he's pretty steady. He's not. A, he's never going to be a Pro Bowler, at least not uh, anytime soon. But I think he's steadily improving. So the line as a whole is getting better. Obviously, the skill position players are. They speak for themselves as far as their potential. Fryermuth, Najee, uh, uh, Pickens. You know, even Stephen Sims is uh, coming along. I think, and of course Pickett. So. Uh, I think there's 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 a chance for this team to be even better next year and, and, and make strides. You know, people were saying earlier in the year that they didn't even think they would make the playoffs next year, let alone this year. Well, now that they're they have a chance to make it this year, uh, and they're showing improvement, um, I feel really good about their chances of something next year, provided they make enough of the right moves and and provided these young guys continue to to improve, continue to to make, you know, leaps from their first year to their second year, second year to their third year, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, there's a question about coaching, you know, Matt Canna, will he be here? Will he be gone? You know, that's never a, uh, that's never far from anyone's uh, mind when they, when they talk about this team, but uh, regardless of who's the coordinator next year, I think they're going to open things up for Kenny Pickett on offense. I think that's been part of the problem. I think it's been more of a mandate from Tomlin all year to keep things conservative on offense. So uh, while Canada certainly deserves a lot of blame, I think part of his problem is his head coach is asking him to not put too much on his rookie quarterback's plate, to not take too many chances, to take care of the ball, and to leave, leave things in the hands of the defense. And it didn't work so well uh, over the first eight games, but it's certainly been a much better blueprint these last eight games one to go so uh on that note at the 2010 mark i will take this time to allow you fine folks at home to hear a word from our sponsors i will be right back do not go away. why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples because this isn't just any vacation this is all the vacations come seek the royal caribbean ships registry bahamas i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio, and I thank you for sticking with me. And I apologize again for the technical difficulties in the first half of the show. It's becoming one of my best friends, technical difficulties on the six pack. That's what I should name this show, by the way, but I won't because that would be even more sarcastic than my writing is. Anywho, uh, let's get into to the uh, DeMar Hamlin thing. And what a scary sight that was last Monday at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bills and the Bengals were... were we're uh, going at it. it was, I think it was 7-3 Cincinnati late in the first quarter uh, when uh, Hamlin attempted to tackle T. Higgins, uh, the Bengals receiver, and uh, he fell on top of Higgins, got up, and immediately collapsed. He fell backwards. And it wasn't long before people realized that he was in serious trouble. And, uh, you know, trainers, doctors rushed onto the field. And as, as we found out, we couldn't see what was going on. Because uh, Hamlin and the trainers and doctors were, were being surrounded by the players on both teams, so we couldn't see. But it, it, we later found out he was uh, being administered CPR right there on the field, and uh, his heart had, had had gone out of a uh, out of a rhythm. It, it, he was he was out of rhythm. His heartbeat was out of rhythm. So uh, they had to they had to uh, revive him uh, right there on the field. They had to give him CPR right there on the field, and. I think somebody said maybe even in a second time in the ambulance, but, but at any rate, he, he nearly lost his life right there on, on, on the field. It was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen watching sports. Uh, and, and, and well, at least in, in a very long time anyway, it was, it was just, you didn't want to watch football anymore after that, you know, and uh, those players didn't want to play anymore after that. Um, a lot of people have been criticized about, about how that went down as far as the NFL's um, uh, the timetable for, for them finally canceling the game. Um, there was, there were rumors that somebody told uh, Joe Buck on ESPN, uh, who does the play by play for Monday night, that uh, the players had five minutes to, to warm up uh, according to the, to people like Troy Vincent, who is an NFL executive and other executives that, that was never uh, mandated to anybody. I don't know who to believe, um, but the bottom line is they ultimately got it right and, and uh, in my opinion anyway, and canceled the game. Um, people were, were, were critical of, of, of them in that moment. Now, Tim Benz uh, wrote a great article about that this week. Um, you know, it, it, it's easy for us to, to sit at home and say, they need to cancel this game right now, but when you're there, when you're, when you're, first of all, the, the most important thing at that moment was trying to save this, this football player's life, right? That was number one. The cancellation of the game, uh, that was secondary. You know, it's been pointed out. While you're still, while this, while you, that ambulance is still in the stadium with that, with that guy, that football player that, that's, that's fighting for his life. You can't cancel a game and have 70,000 people filing out into the streets of Cincinnati. Uh, well, you have to get that ambulance to the hospital. So, you know, 
yes, the league may have taken longer than, than, than people may have wanted to cancel the game. And yes, maybe they deep down wanted to continue to, to play the game, but for, but at the, at, at the end of the day, they, they got it right. And, uh, you know, some of the things I saw on Twitter on Monday were, were just sad. Like somebody said, these people paid their money. They need to play the game. And then, you know, of course, other people were, were bringing other stuff into it, making it about, I won't even get into it, but it was just, a, it was a sad sight what people were saying, which is what you always see when, when um, something like this happens. Like Bill Maher once said, every time a national tragedy happens, everybody has another thing. And I'll leave it at that. But it was a pretty sad, sad sight. And, you know, there, there was a player that, that died. This is not totally unprecedented. There was a player that died on the field in 1971, I believe. I think it was a, a Lions receiver. He had a heart attack during the game, and he died during the game, and they kept playing. So people cited that. That happened in 71. Why, why couldn't they continue this game? Well, things were much different in 1971. As I pointed out a couple weeks ago, you know, people were, were allowed to smoke on airplanes in 1971. <laughs> you know, we've evolved since then. You know, and and to me, the the, the thought of, of of playing, a, continuing to play a game, any kind of entertainment um, uh, example you can think of, whether it's a, a play, uh, a wrestling, uh, a wrestling show, like Owen Hart died in the middle of the ring back in 1999 during a, a pay per view, and they continued the pay per view after that. If and, and they and they received a, a tremendous amount of crap for it too, and rightfully so. And if that were to happen today, God forbid, I guarantee you the WWE or any other wrestling organization would not continue the show. So, you know, we've evolved since 1971. And, you know, unless it involves the functioning of society, if somebody is critically injured or dies, um, uh, you, you, you cancel whatever you're doing and, and you send everybody home. That's the right thing to do. So the NFL, in my opinion got it right and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be i'll say interesting that's not the right word but i wonder what, what, what's gonna happen now in the future like if a player suffers the kind of injury that ryan shazier did uh, five years ago would they stop that game too you know because again we continue to evolve as a, as a society you know the thought of doing that before monday oh that would never happen but now you have to wonder is that going to happen if somebody suffers a serious spinal injury during a game, or are they just going to cancel the rest of the game? Uh, hopefully we, ne we never have to um, find that out, but unfortunately it's a, it's a violent game. And uh, that brings me to another point, and that's people talking about, always complaining about the rules and and how it's, it's, it's devolved in the, it's, 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 it's uh, devolved into, into flag football. It's not flag football. It's never been flag football. You guys are all, most of you anyway, are, are draft junkies. You watch the combine, right? You see how big these guys are and how fast they run now. Uh, even a, even a, a, a perfectly fine form tackle is is capable of, of doing tremendous damage. So this is not flag football. And, uh, you know, nobody needs to be wearing any, any you know, what, what Jack Lambert said out there. These are all, you know, warriors, so to speak, Uh putting their future health on the line uh, for, for our entertainment. So I, I, Monday was a reminder that no matter what the NFL does, as far as rules and, and um, 
trying to protect these players. It's still a, a, an inherently violent game. And sometimes the unspeakable can happen. And we saw that on Monday. And it was for DeMarlin is he's doing much better. Um, uh, he, he, his first words in written form when he um, woke up, I think on Wednesday was, uh, did we win the game? So um, obviously he's a, he's a, 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 a football guy through and through. So, um, uh, it was, it was reported on Friday that he, he, he actually spoke to, to his teammates on, uh, on FaceTime. So I'm sure that was very encouraging for them. Um, so it's good to see, it's good to see that he's, he's, uh, he's recovering and, um, and on the mend. And as far as his football future, that's far down the list right now. Uh, it's just hope that, that he continues to recover and, 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 uh, and make a, a, a full recovery as far as being able to function as a, as a member of, of the of the human race, forget about forget about being a football player. Let's just hope that his quality of life is a hundred percent moving forward. And of course, Jamar Hamlin's from Pittsburgh. Actually, that's a that's a, a story I didn't even I wasn't even aware of until obviously this happened. He went to Pitt. He's from Pittsburgh, McKees Rocks, which is not far from where I live. Uh, he had a GoFundMe page for for a toy drive that was, that was like twenty five hundred bucks uh, before this uh, tragedy, and now it's last I checked, seven million dollars. So. That's one example of, of everybody coming together, um, and I'm sure it's it's when he found that out, he was probably tickled. Tickled. Um, he was probably just really just awestruck that, that everybody of uh, the, the outpouring of, of of love for him and for his charity. So uh, it's something that uh, you know people who don't even watch football or, or care about football they know who who this guy is. You know, it's just to me he was probably the most. Uh, talked about person this week for all the, for all the wrong reasons, that, you know, but it's, 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 it's nice to see him, him continuing to pull through. So uh, let's keep our thoughts with him. And, 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 and that's the most important thing as far as how it affects the playoff picture. Well, it affects it a lot, but that's just, that's just how it is. Again, these are, these are different times than they were in 1971 and uh, the show mustn't go on all the time. So what the NFL decided to do, was um, basically they 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 made that game a no contest, the Bengals Bills game. It's a no contest, and uh, it will not be made up. So, what's going to happen is, as far as these playoffs are concerned, say the the Chiefs finish number one, uh, fourteen and three. If they beat the Raiders on Saturday, say the Bills finish number two after a. Uh, Beating if they beat Patriots on Sunday, thirteen and three, and and the Bengals finish twelve and four, uh, and they finish number and their number three seed. What's going to happen is, if uh, if either the Chiefs and the Bills or the Chiefs and the Bengals play in the AFC Championship game, it's going to be at a neutral site. What site that is, I don't know. I heard it rumored that it would be in Pittsburgh, maybe Indianapolis, maybe Detroit. I don't know. But it's going to be played at, at a neutral site. That's what they, that's what they decided to go with. So that's one one of the things. Uh, another weird thing to come from this is the Bengals go into their final game eleven and four, and they're, and they're taking on the, um, the 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 Ravens who are who are what ten and six, and they're already 
in the playoffs, obviously. The Bengals are division champs or AFC North champions based on winning percentage. They can the worst they can finish is ten is eleven and five, and the best the Ravens can finish is eleven and six. So the, the Bengals already have the division. But if the Ravens beat the Bengals this week, and they're nine and a half point underdogs, if they beat them on the road in Cincinnati, uh, and, and say these two teams are, are three and number six seed at that point. They would do a coin flip to determine who plays, you know, if they're playing each other, in, in, I guess, in the wild card round. That's what I'm trying to say. If they play each other in the wild card round, uh, it, it would a coin flip would, would determine uh, who gets the home game. So it's a really wild scenario right there. Is it, did, is, did the NFL do the right thing, uh, do the best they could with this? Maybe. I think if, if they wanted to, to make it uh, totally fair for everybody, and I, when I say everybody, I don't mean the Steelers. I don't mean them. And, and this isn't why I'm saying this. I'm talking about the three teams that were in play for the number one seed through last Monday's game, because that's what this is all about. Because all three of those teams were still in play for the number one seed as of last Monday. In fact, if the Bills had won out, they would they would they would win the number one seed based on tiebreaker. Uh, if the Bengals won out and and the Chiefs lost one more time, then I believe the the Bengals would have, would have clinched the, the number one seed uh, based on tiebreakers. So that's what this is about. Those three teams. So if it's about making it fair for those three teams, the best way to do it, and I and I realize it's going to make me sound like a Steeler homer, it would have been to add an eighth team. Why? Because then, that means all three of those teams would be forced to play three games to get a Super Bowl. And yes, one of them would have to play, would get to play all three of their games at home, meaning the Chiefs, but it's still, I think, playing two games, uh, is a much bigger advantage than playing three games at home, I think. So, to me, that's that's the bigger advantage. The Chiefs are still going to get, provided they, they beat the Raiders on Saturday, they're still going to get a week off. Whereas the Bills and the Bengals uh, have to play three games to get to the Super Bowl. Whether it's at a neutral site or not, they, get, they have to play three, the Chiefs have to play two. So, if they wanted to make it as fair as possible, I think, they should have added an, eight, an, an eighth team, which wouldn't have been the Steelers necessarily. It could have been the Jets, or I mean, sorry, the Dolphins or, or whatever. Uh, but that, that would have been the best way to do it. Yeah, like say Pittsburgh, say they got in as the eighth seed. They go to the, the city and the Bills play, you know, that, that, you know how, how it would shake out. That's how they should have done it, in my opinion. But this is still a pretty interesting way of doing it, you know. Um, uh, and again, back to to the Bills and, and the Bengals. Again, that number two seed is still pretty valuable. So, anybody who thinks the Bills are going to rest all their starters or a lot of their starters against the Patriots this week, I think they're wrong because the Bills are going to want to clinch that number two seed at, at the worst. Because again, if they win their wild card game, then hopefully against the Steelers. <laughs> Then they're gonna. I mean, hopefully they play the Steelers. I want the Steelers to win, of course, but hopefully that's who they'll be facing in that game. Then they'll get their second game in the division round at home, and that's to me that's a, a valuable thing to have because theoretically, if you're the number two seed, you can still get all three of your playoff games at home 
if the number one seed doesn't make it all the way to the championship. And we saw last year, both number one seeds were knocked out before the AFC, before the championship games. So to me, that number two seed is still a, a, a very big carrot to dangle in front of a team, even though you don't get to buy anymore. So Brian McGree, anybody is beating the bills this week. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be pretty fired up uh, to, first of all, to, to get that number two seed, but more importantly, to, to uh, honor their friend and teammate, DeMar Hamlin. So uh, I don't really give the Patriots much, much of a chance this week, even though they're, they're in a win and you're in scenario with the playoffs. I'm actually more, more worried about the Jets Dolphins game because it's such an unknown. I mean, there's just so many unknowns in that game. You know, again, the Jets have lost five in a row and they're out of the playoffs. The Dolphins have lost five in a row, but they're still, they still have a chance to, to make the playoffs. If they win, uh, basically they're in, right? If they win, they're in because uh, no, no. If they win and the, I forget how the, the tiebreaker shakes out between them and the Patriots because only one of them can get in. So yeah, um, they're still alive. So, you know, that's the end. That's, that's a really scary one right there. The Jets and the Dolphins, the winner of that game. I mean, who's going to show up for that game? They have a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. The Jets are probably waiting for the season to, to be over with. Uh, so, I'm going to be – that's what I'm really worried about. As far as the uh, Steelers and the Browns, um, I look for Pittsburgh to, to, to win an, another low-scoring, ugly game. I'd like to see a blowout, but I've been waiting all year for that, and, I, and it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards for the Steelers in 2022-23 to have a blowout win. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about it, though. I'm feeling pretty good about their chances now. Um, because of, of, of what happened last year, there's precedent that this can happen. You know, they, remarkably, this is the sixth time since 2013 that they, they've entered the last week, uh, facing a win and need help situation to make the playoffs. And so far they're two and three, you know, uh, they, they didn't get it in 2013, 2018 and 2019 that they, they lost out, but they, they, they got lucky in 2015 and again last year. So maybe uh, this is one of those things that works out every other time. So maybe it'll happen again and, and they can be three and three. So uh, on average. So I'm, uh, I'm certainly certainly uh, looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be like a playoff atmosphere at, at Akershaw Stadium and I, I can't wait. So on that note, um I'm going to talk about one more thing. Back to Kenny Pickett. We've been talking all year about like people who really are supporting Kenny Pickett, who are fans of his and want to believe that he can be the, 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 the future of the franchise. We keep pointing to the intangibles, the leadership, the moxie, but there's more to it than that. You know, he looks more advanced than a lot of rookie quarterbacks normally do. Tony Romo pointed this out earlier in the year. He mentioned how he stopped and watched Pickett's preseason debut against the Seahawks and, and said to himself, wow, usually a rookie quarterback doesn't process things this quickly like he's doing right now. So that to me, that was, that, that was something to hear Tony Romo say that earlier in the year. 
and and but you're hearing that more and more from people who who know what you're talking about that this guy is just further ahead than a lot of rookie quarterbacks are at this point the, the results aren't there but you see it in game you see some of the things in game uh jt o'sullivan who's a uh former uh quarterback in the nfl i think he's a quarterback's coach now he did a great 30-minute film breakdown the other day. Really, really fascinating because I really don't like film. But he did it. I learned stuff a lot. And essentially what he was saying is that there's a lot of meat on that bone still for Kenny Pickett. He just has to, he just has to continue to, 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 to learn and, 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 and get better and, and, and process things quicker. Uh, from play to play, but you know, like even plays where he where he's scrambling to his left or, or to his right, there are plays there where, where if he wouldn't bail so soon, you know, this guy's open or that guy's open in the structure of the play. But he also pointed out that just because he's not seeing things on every play doesn't mean that um, that's a bad thing because when he does roll out, he's showing off one of his elite traits, and and, and he's always going to have that the, the ability to throw accurately on the run. He showed that several times on, on Sunday. He's been showing it all year. So uh, he, the point he was trying to make is, uh, yes, he still has some work to do, uh, but the throws that he, that he makes are top-notch NFL caliber throws. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but his arm is definitely strong enough to make all the throws necessary to be successful at the professional level. And it was really an eye-opener to me. And that, and that was what, what people like me were trying to say all year. Is yes, the results aren't there for him right now. But you can see the potential there for him to eventually be a successful quarterback. You can see it. He just has to figure things out. And and most quarterbacks don't figure it out right away. It takes them a while. It takes them a year. It takes them two years, three years sometimes to truly put it all together. Josh Allen's a great example. There's so many other great examples. You know, even Ben Roethlisberger, as I've said many times, his rookie year, he was severely limited in terms of the playbook. Bill Cowher said as much in his book. He was just propped up by a great team around him. Whereas Kenny has been asked to, to kind of lead a, a young team that's still trying to find answers. So I'm very excited about, about what I saw from Kenny Pickett the other night. And uh, that was the first, in my opinion, wow moment of his career because of, of how he looked in that drive. I mean, the, the pass to Pickens, that touchdown pass against the Raiders was great, but in that drive was great. But how he looked on this drive, that was the first time that I really, truly um, said, this is why they drafted that, that guy in the first round. You could see it right before your eyes. This is why they spent a first round pick on him. This is why he was the top quarterback in the draft. Okay. This is why they think he, he could be their, their future. This drive right here, these throws that he's making, is very, very exciting to see. And I'm very excited about the future of Kenny Pickett. So that's all I wanted to say. And now I'll open things up to some questions and highlight comments. And this one from Brian Brown. And he says, Tony, do you think the Steelers really need a defensive lineman more than a cornerback or an inside linebacker? What about Leal and Loudermilk? Well, I'm very high on Leal. Loudermilk, I'm not so sure. But Leal, I definitely like him. Do I think they need that more than a cornerback or an inside linebacker? Not necessarily. I think those are all 
um, uh, vital needs for them going into the into the uh, off season, into the draft, into free agency. I think they're both important, or all three of them are important. But I think if I had to rank them, if you can get Larry Ogunjobi, to, Larry Ogunjobi to come back next year, and that's a big if. If I had to rank them, I would put defensive line third behind cornerback inside linebacker. I still want to see them get a, a, a special cornerback. Might be a little harder now because they're going to be drafting closer to 20 than they are to 10, I think. But uh, I'd still like to see them uh, hit on one finally. So I'd rank it. I'd rank them at this point, cornerback, inside linebacker, and then defensive line. But again, it all depends on, you know, when you're, when, when the draft actually gets here, which God's three, four months away. Um, when it finally gets here, who's there when they're drafting and who's the best value, you know? So that, that's, you know, so it, where they're ranked is one thing as far as importance, as far as need, but it's, who's there when the time comes, that's, that's also important. And this one is from Minra, Jane, and Bird who asked, what's the choice of beverage this evening? Nothing. I don't have anything. Otherwise, I would have drank that whole sucker when, when, my, uh, when I had my technical difficulties. I would have been drinking on the air like Ron Burgundy. Uh, I think that's what he did. Anyway, no, I, I, don't, I don't have anything right now. Maybe some, some quote-unquote pop after the show, but uh, uh, maybe some cherry vodka or something. I don't know. It's Friday night. It's all on the table. This one is from Brian Brown again. Do you think Boz gets his kick straightened out? Yeah, of course. I mean, he had he had that injury. He struggled a bit in 2018, and he was fine between 2018 and the time he suffered his injury to put him on the uh, IR. So he'll be fine again. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll elect him this Sunday. But uh, I am confident that he'll be fine by next next uh, offseason. He didn't just suddenly forget how to kick. He's just going through a you know a tough time there right now after an injury. We saw it with Najee Harris earlier in the year. What's wrong with Najee Harris? He's a bust. Well, what do you know it? After he finally his list Frank injury finally healed. What do, what do you know? He's uh he's pulling people over uh, every game now. Just me says her beverage of choice is hot tea. That's a very good choice. Oh, here's one from Brian Brown again. Do you think Deontay Johnson will ever get a TD pass this year? Wouldn't it be funny if it was a game winner uh, in the fourth quarter and to put them in the playoffs? Talk about a hero, right? And Dwayne, who joins us from YouTube, says his drink of choice is Hennessy and Coke. Well, there you go. It's all on the table, folks. We're all being honest on a Friday. Let her down. Car Carrie says diet ginger ale and and uh, for her there you go nothing wrong with that all right let's see what else we got here what else football related Carrie says Kenny Pickett and a successful court, fourth quarter comeback in the last minute of the games impressive yes first rookie ever in the history uh, um, Kyle Kreis wrote an article about this on Friday first. Rookie quarterback in, in history to, to throw uh, a game-winning touchdown pass in the final minute two weeks in a row against the Raiders and against the Ravens. And wow, wasn't that a delicious way to beat the Ravens 
uh, with your with Kenny Pickett introducing himself to this fine Raven Steelers rivalry as a rookie. Yes, I love it. This one is from Jarrett Tiffany Jones, who says Pickett's anticipation is crazy good. Yes, I mean you can see you can see it. I mean he, he talked about that twenty-eight yard uh, pass to Stephen Sims, uh, the seam route. He talked about how you had to basically had to trust each other. The two people had to trust each other uh, on that on that uh, pass, and uh, he, he had to trust that that Sims would bend the way he did. And 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 Sim had to, had to trust that Pickett would 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 put it would lay it right in there, and he did. It was it was a great throw. I mean, I that throw was just to me that looked like the you know the quintessential big time quarterback throw, five step drop, whatever it was, and he just let it rip. He took he, took, he looked to his left, let it rip, in, in between three guys, it was great. Claude Bishop says of the draft. The Steelers' first two picks should be linebackers. You mean inside linebackers, of course, right? Uh, and I'm sure that, as we talked about earlier, it's on the table. So, uh, you know, again, though, it all depends on what, what, what prospects are out there and who's, who's considered a, a first-round pick inside linebacker this year. And this one from Paul Kern from Facebook. He says, I watched every pick game last season. It didn't take much to realize Pickett's pocket awareness is far superior than other QBs. There you go. And he still has a lot of work to do in that regard because, you know, as JT O'Sullivan pointed out, you know, he didn't always trust his, uh, his uh, protection. Sometimes he bailed too soon, but then again, can you always, can you blame him for not always trusting his protection based on his brief history is uh, behind that protection. Again, they're getting better, but there's still a work in progress. But I think it, it further, in this, in this third film tutorial, further illustrated to me, and I think to everybody, if they watch it, just what everything that goes into being a quarterback in the NFL. You know, your 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 lineman's calling our protection, uh, and 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 sometimes there's a free a free uh, blitzer that you have to account for on your own. They're not going to pick him up if they pick up. They're, they're responsible for their guys. And they can't pick this guy up, so you gotta you gotta be responsible for him, and you gotta you gotta hit the, the right read, and you gotta avoid him to do that, you know. So that's part of it. And then you know, when you make a three step drop, you gotta you gotta um, this is your first option. If 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 if, if it's a five step drop, maybe the, all these guys are, are, are running the same routes. This is your first option. You know, there's so much that goes into it. So when people are just like willing to write these guys off. After a year, even two, I just, I just want to, like, well, I don't have much hair left, but I want to pull it out, right? And, and, that, and that's why I wonder, like, how many teams give up on perfectly fine quarterbacks far too soon, right? Uh, and I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be one of those teams that gives up too soon on Kenny Pickett. Again, they were very thorough last year. It is last year, officially. Last year in, in the pre-draft process with all these quarterbacks, Everybody and their mother went down to Mobile, Alabama. They went to the Combine. Uh, they, they, they were very, very, very thorough with their, with their research. They decided on Kenny Pickett. It's the first time they drafted a quarterback in the first round since Ben Roethlisberger. They're not going to just like, all right, that's it. They're not going to pull, pull a Josh Rosen, Rosen and go out and 
and pick uh, Kyler Murray, even though that was obviously the right choice for them. Josh Rosen's basically <laughs> out of the league by now, but they're going to they're going to let this play out. They're going to let the process play out. They're going to give Pickett, in my estimation, three years. And if he hasn't made progress by then, they're probably going to move on. So, on that note, at the ninety, at the fifty-two thirty-six mark, I will bid you guys adieu. The great show again. I apologize for the for the uh, technical difficulties. In my defense, it wasn't my fault this time. According to Streamline, Streamyard, it was their fault. So I have to I have to take the uh, the blame off myself every now and then. Usually it is my fault though, but not this time. So I apologize again. But anyway, enough about me and my complaining and whining. Uh, enjoy that final week. Um, hopefully the Steelers um, can uh, can. Do the impossible, the seemingly impossible, and uh, and make it into the playoffs. And we have something to look forward to next week. Will it be a daunting task to beat the Bills or the Bengals or whoever they play in in that first round, of course. But it's still going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So hopefully we get to talk about. Uh, enjoy that game. Enjoy the final week of the season. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.